You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yes, g'day there everyone and welcome to another episode of Sports Day on this Tuesday afternoon. Not exactly summer yet, is it? I know it's not officially summer, but it's not exactly cricket season, the weather that's being delivered to us right now. 822 beg your pardon, let's start that again. 822 if you want to have your say, 0437 is the text line. Thank you to Paul Bonsor, who did a wonderful job once again last night. I am Ben Hook joining you, joining me. Daniel Menzel. Dan, how's your week been? It's been good, Hooky. It's uh, it's gone pretty quick, but um, that's what happens when there's plenty on. There's plenty of sport happening and plenty to talk about again today. Massive show uh, tonight. We're going to catch up with Jacob Surgeon, the coach of the North Adelaide Football Club. A lot to talk about with Sample Football. Uh, we'll talk about um, you and what you're going to be doing as well, I'd like to think. You're definitely at the Eagles? I will definitely bet the Eagles next year. Okay, yeah, there's a bit of rumour that you might be heading to amateur football, my man. Uh, so just making sure, definitely the Eagles in 2023. Uh, Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea, thirst tea at Char Time. Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Of course, Australia taking on Sri Lanka in the T20 World Cup tonight after a disaster on Friday night against New Zealand where they were absolutely torched. And they are bottom of their group at the moment, hard to believe. So they're playing in Perth. It's a late start, 9 o'clock. But we'll catch up with Bharat Sundarajan, great friend of mine, uh, Indian journalist who's now living here in Adelaide, one of the preeminent, most knowledgeable people on cricket. So looking forward to chatting to him. Uh, We haven't chatted since all of this. Did you see the cricket on Friday night? Sorry, it was Saturday night Australia and New Zealand, I beg your pardon. Yes, yes, I did. I uh, tuned in for a bit of that and obviously the India and Pakistan as well. So, um, look, New Zealand, I had touched on this uh, yesterday that they have lost three finals, two ODIs and a World Cup T20 final over the last five years. So if there's any team that I'd like to see win it if we can't, it is Kane Williamson's New Zealand and, boy, they look good against us in the first match of the uh, World Cup. Uh the game on Sunday was the most pulsating sporting event I have seen for as long as I can remember. So I was madly trying to rock a baby to sleep. And in my other hand, I had an iPad watching the cricket. It was the most unbelievable game. King Coley played the innings of – it'll be the innings of the World Cup. To, 28 from eight balls they needed. And to get out of that with a win is quite remarkable. How Pakistan sort of blew it in that last over will be another story. But as someone who uh, isn't necessarily heavily involved in cricket, what did you make of what happened on Sunday night? Yeah, look, it was incredible. Obviously, the MCG is a really good following here in Australia for both countries and particularly in Melbourne. And uh, it was a sellout. The atmosphere was always going to be amazing. I love how passionate and parochial Indian and Pakistani supporters are. And boy, they showed that on Sunday night. 
And I remember thinking, geez, wouldn't a super over be good here? But I don't know if they really could have had a better finish than what they did, even if there was a super over. So incredible. India four down early after six overs. Looked like there were no chance. But I think everyone who was watching thought, well, Coley's still in, so there's still a chance. And boy, what a finish it was. A couple of fascinating discussion topics over the course of the last 24 hours have emerged. Tim Payne's book, The Price Paid. Uh, really interesting read. I, I haven't obviously read all of it yet, but there's been a couple of excerpts released written by Peter Lawler, a wonderful journalist uh, with The Australian. Um, what do you think about the concept that he's basically conceded that everyone in the dressing room knew that there was something going on with regard to tampering the ball? Does Cricket Australia need to open it up and revisit it? And do we need to actually say, gee, David Warner got far too big a penalty and took the rap for everyone. So did Steve Smith. So did Cameron Bancroft. When probably the whole team needed to be taken for a bit of a ride. Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone who plays any sort of level of sport knows that when things happen in teams, it's pretty hard that a, a large part of the team is not aware as to what's happening. And particularly in a cricket team where there's eleven blokes and you you're not playing. It's not like it's a one day game. They're playing for five days. There's plenty of things going on. There's plenty of tactics. Um, it was one of those ones that yes, there was scapegoats, and it was all right. Well. Rather than all of us go down, let's have a couple go down. And that's how they've gone about it. I don't think Cricket Australia is going to open it back up. I think they're going to play with a straight bat and say, this was years ago. We've addressed it. We've researched it. Nothing more to see here because they're not winning out of this if Mm. they go down that pathway. And absolutely correct. I think that Warner and Steve Smith have been too harshly um, blamed with this. I remember when it first came out, people said that these guys should never be allowed to play cricket again. Mm. Jumped on their high horse and said, this is one of the worst things we've ever seen in the history of Australia, let alone sport. Um, and then you have someone like Faf Duplessis coming out and say, yeah, it's a regular thing that happens all the time. So it's actually incredible um, how much people jump on and um, have piled on to this. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting debate. But I think we've probably got to accept now, and I'm interested in uh, what everyone else thinks, Eight double two three double o double o. David Warner has to be given the opportunity to captain a team again. He captains in the IPL. Why can't he captain a BBL team? Why can't he captain a white ball team for Australia? I think we've got to get over ourselves and just say the penalty was handed down. We were all angry at the time. It was something that we were ashamed about as Australians, but we've got to move on. And David Warner should be able to captain a BBL team. He should be able to captain Australia. I'm interested in your thoughts out there. Eight double two three double O double O O four three seven six nine three zero six zero. Would you be comfortable if David Warner, let's say Pat Cummins breaks down tomorrow night or tonight? I beg your pardon. When um, Australia plays against Sri Lanka, would you be comfortable with David Warner taking over the captaincy? Yeah, I absolutely would have no issue with David Warner being the captain of the Australian cricket team. It's a really interesting dynamic, and I think it would be a really interesting one for David himself because he goes to India, he captains in the IPL, and he is loved in India. Every single person over there loves him, and then he comes back here to Australia, his home country, and it's almost like he's cast away. And for some reason, Steve Smith still is obviously he's copped it, but everyone seems to have jumped back on and they're supporting him. But David Warner just doesn't seem to have the Australian supporters and fans on his side at all, and so it would be an interesting one if that situation did arise. You know what I reckon happened? In 2018, they had the Ashes and Steve Smith made millions of runs. And remember, David Warner kept getting knocked over by um, Stuart Broad? Yes, he did. And I reckon that was the difference. We all embraced Steve Smith again because he was plundering runs after runs after runs, whereas David Warner kept missing out. And he was sort of kept 
remained in that sort of vilified camp. I think that was... The other one that was interesting too is Steve Smith came out and, and broke down to the media when he was doing his press conference mm. and showed that he was human and everyone was like, all right, well, maybe we've got to touch hard here. Whereas David Warner went about it a little bit differently and everyone mm. was like, all right, we're not going to back this bloke up. And I feel like that sort of has just over time manifested and gotten worse and worse. Uh, I was going to move the conversation on, but Deepak has called in. He wants to talk about Dave Warner. Deepak, welcome to Sports Day. Hello, mate. How are you? Going really well. That's good. In regards to the, the you know, as I was listening to about David Warner being a captain again, I think that's completely, you know, as you said, he's already served his penalty. And, you know, if he's already served his penalty, what's, you know, what's the point of holding him back? One of his... Son, who's a Bangladesh captain who's actually was caught in a similar incident mm. and you know he's, he's he's done his bit and he's he's being a captain again so yeah if you actually go through and look at all of the um scenarios of ball tampering and Deepak makes a really good point you, you, you actually only get suspended for one game that the one thing I'd say to Deepak is David Warner's penalty was that he could never captain Australia again he could never be in a leadership role I find this incredible we sit on our high horse here in Australia and have different rules in our country than and we believe that we are above other countries other mm. countries suspend a player for a game and go okay yep they're back no worries we over here go, okay, yeah, no worries, that's that, that's fine over there, but we can't be doing that here in Australia. And so it is, um, it's an incredible one, I find. Uh, more talk on David Warner. John from Port Augusta has called in. John, welcome back. Hello, fellas. Yeah, you're right about David Warner. I mean, I think he's got the bad rap. Uh, bad rap. I mean, um, okay, no one condones what he's done or allegedly done or whatever else. No, fair enough. But two of the great cricket minds in the late great Shane Warne, and Ian Chappell are extreme fans of him as a captain. They say he's got one of the sharpest cricket brains in the Australian squad at the moment. So I was listening to Shane Warne. I was used to listen to Shane Warne, and I miss him dearly this summer. And I'm one of the few people that like Ian Chappell because it's right about Steve War and all the rest of it. And okay, there's no ears or great. Okay, he can be he can be cutting, but he's right. Nine times out of ten, Ian Chappell and Shane Warne were right. John, uh, we'll take that as a comment, but it's a really good point. I mean, when you're talking about illustrious Australian cricket experts like Shane Warne and um, Ian Chappell, David Warner is actually a wasted resource if we're not using him as a captain. I think the one thing I would say, I reckon cricket back in that era leading up to that South African series, Australian cricket had a bit of a culture problem that we were trying to push the boundaries. We were putting un, undue, unnecessary pressure on umpires. We saw that a lot on Sheffield Shield. And Andrew Sinclair, who was the president of SACA at the time and a you know fine, upstanding man, he was actually quite outspoken about the way Australian domestic cricket was being played. And we were probably heading towards that sort of a an incident that um, that it just all exploded and and completely got out of control. So no, it's an interesting story. Uh, it's a bit of news breaking uh, over there in Perth. Of course, Australia taking on Sri Lanka tonight. Adam Zampa is under an illness cloud. He's tested positive for COVID-19. So he's only displaying minor symptoms. Of course, the rules have changed with isolation and those sorts of things. So it looks like he may be able to play, but he is in doubt. He may miss that game. So uh, that will be a setback for Australia, who absolutely have to beat uh, Sri Lanka. Hey, we're to get to a break. We've got so much to come up. We're going to catch up with Bharat Sundaraisen on the other side of this break. He's going to take us through all of the details surrounding the Australian match against Sri Lanka tonight and everything that's going on in the World Cup. You're listening to Sports Day. Don't go away. 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. You're on Sports Day with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel, Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned, with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. It is time to talk World Cup. Goes down the ground, Goalie goes out of the ground. And he's hit it big. What have you got, Navaz? Ashwin goes over. India win a famous win. Make 5G mobile plans from $40. 5G mobile plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Make the switch to mate to talk about the T20 Cricket World Cup. Well, my good friend, and as I said at the top, the preeminent cricket expert here in South Australia, Bharat Sundarais. And Bharat, welcome back to Sports Day. Uh, I am so happy to be back and to hear your voice. It's been way too long. <laughs> Mate, before we touch on the game Australia-Sri Lanka tonight, I know that you were in the commentary box uh, on Sunday night for that incredible pulsating match between India and Pakistan. Now that you've had a chance to catch your breath, how do you reflect on it? No, I haven't really. Uh, I'm just about I'm finishing my mood piece about just what it was like uh, to be there, Ben, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can just repeat some of the th- things I put down. Uh, honestly, it, it it did feel like at times like I was in Mumbai. At times it felt like I was in Karachi. And this is long <laughs> before I even got to the ground. You know, all traffic <laughs> rules had been taken over. People were driving the way uh, you would back home. To the extent my, my Uber driver once at one point turned around and we were stuck. He turned around and said, should I drive like we do back home? I said, yes, please. And that's only <laughs> where I got to the stadium one time. <laughs> hey, talk, you've in, you're in Perth. You made it. Did your bags make it? They finally did this morning. And um, you know me well enough to know I get really flustered if my um, hair products and my hair dryer and my hair brush don't come through. So <laughs> I was very flustered. Uh, no, I mean, uh, interesting, right? Like on, the, on, on board with the Pakistanis, uh, the Pakistani team, uh, all I did was like, you know, just uh, look at their uh, uh, faces. There was so much, like, not, no, I wouldn't say sorrow, but just they were still shell-shocked, obviously, mm. right? After that defeat and the way it panned out. Um, and, and, you know, then to land and find out that our, our luggage, like if you weren't a Pakistani cricketer, your luggage had been left behind in Melbourne so that their <laughs> kits and their bags would be put in. It was, uh, uh, at least I, I've experienced it before. Imagine being the two people on either side of me. The lady to my right at one point during that flight showed me a photo and said, I took a picture with someone really famous. My daughter said uh, she would like to see. And it was Virat Kohli who was at the airport. <laughs> the guy to my left, uh, points at Matthew Hayden, who has, you know, is one of the Pakistan's yes. assistant coaches, and says, isn't that Mark Taylor, mate? And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Now, Barat, I want to touch on the atmosphere. It's been all the talk here in Australia is the atmosphere in comparison to an AFL grand final, and it was better than that. So I want to know from an Indian man who has watched, obviously, a lot of cricket in his home country, how does it compare to how it is in India in comparison to what you witnessed the other night? Uh, no, this is a lot different, and that's pretty much uh, what I've been trying to get my head around and why it's taken me so long to write that piece, is to understand why it was so different. Uh, like you said, I've covered a lot of cricket in India and around the world, and I've covered a lot of India-Pakistan matches in the past. And I've also now been privy to watching a lot of footy, high-profile footy uh, in and around South Australia. Uh, so why was it different? And I think it's because that 
passion that we experienced that day from Indians and Pakistanis together, I mean, that's so much raw, so much more untamed than anything we've experienced in Australia or even I've experienced elsewhere. Uh, because it's rarely do you see Indians and Pakistanis come together and create that kind of an atmosphere, that noise, so many Indian and Pakistani flags just flying side by side. Um, and, and just the sense of joy. I know there was a lot of drama during the game, up back at the team. The game itself was topsy-turvy. But still, I think that excitement just stayed. It was almost like if you were at the MCG on Sunday night, uh, you had won, regardless of which way the team went or the result went eventually. And now the other one before we move on to the Australia game, which I want to ask you about, is there's also been a bit of talk. And what are your thoughts on if India and Pakistan were to play a test match at the MCG in the coming years? It's been talked about with the atmosphere we just saw. How do you think that would work? And uh, do you think it would be a success? Unfortunately, I mean, look, it will be a mega success if it, if it were to happen. The only issue would be the time zones. I don't think mm. Indians and Pakistanis will be very happy about waking up at 5.20 to watch uh, their teams play. <laughs> no, uh, they do it, though. We, they'll do it. <laughs> they do it. Oh, they do it. They stay up all through the night. And they'll come from all, all play. I mean, even for this game, there were people from America, Canada, all sorts of countries all around the world, far, far away. Uh, but the only issue, unfortunately, is it it's doesn't seem feasible at the moment because uh, bilateral ties have been suspended since 2012. Uh, the political tensions have reached, you know, a new mm. level, unfortunately. Uh, so there's, there are no connections, like no bilateral connections between the two countries on at any level. So, and with the the current, uh, you know, government in power in India, it's very unlikely that it's going to change. And they also, uh, some very important people involved with that government in power in the BCCI. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. But whenever it does, I think after what we witnessed on Sunday, maybe we should just make it... Uh, you know, uh, almost like a traveling circus. Take it all around the world, you know. <laughs> we're talking to Bharat Sundarais, and we're doing it thanks to KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. You can watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. We need to talk about Australia very shortly, Bharat. But first of all, the South African World Cup jinx has struck again. What happened last night? I know, that was terrible. It's, it's, I don't know what where they bring this voodoo from, but it keeps following them around. Um, but I saw, I saw, I was seeing the game on uh, on TV, and they. Or I am with the Zimbabweans. Those conditions did not seem fit enough for no. a game to be played. I mean, imagine if it was in India or in Australia, uh, and not not Zimbabwe. You know, there would have been huge, uh, there would have been a huge hue and cry, and the umpires would have been criticised a lot. Yeah, you uh, couldn't play. You, you couldn't play in that. You could, you could not play elite cricket in that those conditions. Not at all. And we saw the left-arm fast bowler almost like, you know, ending his tournament because of those wet conditions. Everybody was slipping. Uh, and, you know, it's... Yes, South Africa was uh, annoyed. Mark Boucher's come out and said that, you know, Zimbabwe only walked off because of the situation of the match. But I think it was really uncalled for. And, um, yeah, the umpires should have, should have taken better care of the players. Uh, and I think it's only fair that there was no result in the end. That game should have never been played. Uh, yeah, the Herschel Gibbs situation of a number of years ago, the time they misread the Duckworth-Lewis sheet. It's a, <laughs> it's a litany of uh, bad stories for South Africa. Australia, can they get it done against Sri Lanka tonight? You would expect them to, but Sri Lanka had a really good win after a bit of a slow start to this series against Ireland. They do, and, you know, just very, very uh, recent breaking news from our friend Ben Horn that Adam Zampa is likely to be ruled out. Uh, he has COVID symptoms, so that will be a mega blow to, to Australia, not just for this game, considering England is just three days away mm. at the MCG. 
game, which, which is pretty much the do-or-die encounter for Australia. Of course, they have to win this one. But even if they win this one, if they don't beat England, it's all over. With their net run rate already so poor, uh, it, it wouldn't make sense. They can't go through with three wins. Whatever happens in, against Ireland and Afghanistan, uh, that would be it. And imagine that happening. If you're the host nation and for your World Cup campaign to end in five days, literally. Um, so, But they still, without Zampa as well, they should have the firepower to... Um, to win, uh, you know they're playing in Perth. We saw the other day England uh, against Afghanistan. Mark Wood was uh, bowling at 150 kph consistently. So there was a, there is a lot of pace and bounce on this pitch you'd expect. And Sri Lanka don't have a great record here. But you know even though the focus is on tonight's game, all eyes are already on the MCG because that's where Australia's fate will get decided. Um, who's favourite now, Bharat? Is it India or is it England? Uh, I would still stick with England because if you, uh, while we spoke about the drama and Virat Kohli being Virat Kohli and uh, doing remarkable things, uh, India still should have lost that game. If Pakistan had just held their nerve, mm. they should have won. Uh, so there are still a few question marks about this Indian team, as we saw that day. Uh, and but England at the moment, uh, we'll see. I mean, they play uh, uh, tomorrow against Ireland, uh, but with their bowling. Coming together, Sam Curran uh, has really fit in nicely after Reece Topley was injured. And Mark Wood, you know, loves bowling in Australia, as we've seen. So, batting is never an issue for them. But the bowling clicking, I think England might well be favourites. And don't forget about New Zealand either. Oh, Barat, always appreciate your company, your time. It is incredible how you fit uh, it all in, all of your media commitments that you have. Enjoy the cricket tonight. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. No worries at all, and we shall catch up when I'm back. I look forward to having you back at my place, my man. Uh, enjoyed chatting to you once again. Cheers, guys. Have a great evening. All right, Sunderaysen there. Uh, as I said, one of the great cricket journalists. We are so privileged to have him uh, here in South Australia. Plenty more to come on Sports Day. Don't go away. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo, Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. The week's open line is 822-3000. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different. 0437 693 is the text line. And Mike has sent in a text. Why is there a problem with David Warner when they have continued to select Stark and Hazelwood, who were the bowlers involved? Cheers, guys. Good show. We have to just get that in just to talk ourselves up very <laughs> briefly. Thank you, Mike, for your... Uh, text. It's a it's a pretty good point, isn't it? I mean, the bowlers must have had some sort of idea of what was going on. They put out a joint statement saying that they didn't have any idea that sandpaper was being used. And I probably think that, yeah, on balance, they didn't know. But my goodness, it's a collective. Surely you've got to have some sort of understanding of what's going on. I mean, even there was talk before, everyone was talking about how the ball gets uh, shine to try and create reverse swing. And everyone knows that reverse swing needs to be accentuated by doctoring the ball. Yeah, they're, they're the ones using the ball. They they knew what was going on. Yeah, good text. Thank you for that, Mike. Uh, we're going to play Tuesday, true or false. It's thanks to Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner, Toolkit Depot, shot the huge shop, the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. That's the Toolkit Depot. Uh, one for you, true or false. Australia won't get past the T20 World Cup group stage. That is true. I think that tonight they should win, but I think England is going to be very good and we will be done after that game. Their net run ratio is so bad that they could beat England and still miss. So uh, I agree with you. Your turn. Yes, hooky for you. True or false? Ross Lyon has coached in four losing grand finals. One day he will be a premiership coach. 
false. I just don't. I think Sri Lanka are beyond all possible hope. So I just reckon that uh, he'll, he'll be helpful, but not necessarily absolutely the go-to guy. Uh, we're going to play some more true or false very shortly. But first of all, Carol has called in. She's got a couple of questions. Carol, welcome to Sports Day. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, my husband and I are old enough to remember Geoffrey Lane. Jeff Lane. Big day, Jeffrey Lane, the the jockey. I'm wondering if that would be Damien's Lane, Damien Lane's granddad or his father. Uh, Carol, I'm going to take that on advisement. I'll come back with an answer for you tomorrow. I reckon I can work that out. Did you have something else you wanted to ask? Only about Harry White dying yesterday. Oh, he passed away, did you? I hadn't caught up with that. The great Harry White, yeah. one of the all-time great jockeys. Yeah, that is very well, sad was, news. Yeah, well, he was the best hands and hills rider. Yes, yeah, no, he no. was an, he was an absolute star. Carol, thank you for your call talking about racing. Hey, just on St Kilda, they'll make the eight in twenty twenty three. True or false? Uh, I'm going to say false. Yeah, I probably agree with you. Right, well, we've got to get to a break because on the other side, we're catching up with Jacob Surgeon. Looking forward to chatting with the North Adelaide coach. He has been, uh, well, you know, close, so close to the premiership coach, wasn't he, this year? Don't go away. You are listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, welcome back to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. That's the week's open line, 8223 0000. Uh, we're going to talk some Sandville footy, uh, my man. And, of course, uh, you as the reigning Ken Farmer medalist know all about that. Uh, we're going to do it thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. The North Adelaide coach, uh, is joining us, Jacob Surgeon. Jacob, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks, Hookie. Thanks, Mez. Thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. Jacob, how do you reflect on the year? It was bordering on the perfect year, the 100-year anniversary of Prospect Oval, the 50-year anniversary of the 1972 team that was champions of Australia. And at the 15-minute mark of the final term, you looked for everything like you were going to be lifting the Thomas Seymour Hill Trophy. Um how do you reflect on that last 15 minutes? Have you reviewed it? Do you chew on it? Does it keep you up at night? Nah, it definitely doesn't keep me up at night, mate. It was a, um, it was a period of football which was executed perfectly by the legs. Um, and so, mate, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles a little bit in our game. You need, you need luck, um, you know, for the whole 120 minutes. And, uh, yeah, we didn't unfortunately have that. So, um, oh, mate, I've reviewed bits and pieces of the game. Um, I'm not going to go over... Deadwood too much. Um, you know, I thought it was a fantastic game. I'm not going to let one game reflect on what our year was. Um, I thought our year was outstanding, um, not just from the league team, but our, from our whole football club. I'm really mm. proud of where we're at at the moment as a club. Um, unfortunately, you know, a minute and a half didn't go our way, but uh, super proud of, you know, what we've done and what we've achieving and what we're, what we're looking to, to do in the future. Without a flag, it is an outstanding year. So I think it was um, league reserves, and was it under-16s or under-18s all in a grand final? Uh, yeah, it was under-18, so unfortunately we all lost. So uh, it wasn't a good omen, but no, our under-18s coach, Craig Brooks, did a great job, and, and Darren Reeves with our reserves. So, no, we're really lucky. We're really fortunate to be in the position that we're in, and um, we'll have a crack at it again next year. Yeah, Serge, thanks for coming on, mate. It's good to chat to you. Um, excuse me. Um it says a bit about hooky touched on it then. It says a bit about the club, obviously, that you're at and that you guys are running grand finals in those three divisions. Um, I want to touch on 2023. And so I want to touch on a couple of recruits that you guys have picked up. Jesse White. Um, now, there's a bit of talk about that. 
Now, he's going to be 35 when the season ticks around next year. So firstly, what can we expect? And I've done my research. You're only 37. So is there a chance that maybe you <laughs> pull the boots on as well? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing a bit of training at Jesse's, uh, Jesse's GGR, well, boxing, um, one-two boxing. He's got a Clemsic there um, recently. So, yeah, there's been a bit of uh, player feedback um, from a few of the guys about me being a player coach, but... Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I think my time is done. I can hardly walk these days with my <laughs> knees. So, um, yeah, no, definitely not. But, um, yeah, no, Jesse's, so, um, Jesse's an interesting one. He rang me up literally the Tuesday after the grand final, and um, he lives across the road from the footy club, and um, he played, I think, about seven or eight games for Broadview this year. And, and he said to me, and this is from his words, um, that he doesn't feel like he'd squeezed the lemon enough, and he wanted to to get back into SNFL football and give back to the North Adelaide community. And um, he said, I want, I want to come play for you next year. Um, he goes, I love everything that um, I see from the outside and, and see with his own eyes about the North Adelaide Footy Club. And, um, yep, he's 35 years old, but he's, um, he's extremely fit. Um, if you go on his social media pages, he's doing all his running and doing all that sort of stuff now. And um, he's getting back into footy, into footy shape. So really excited to see what he can do. And he's one of those guys who I, I feel... That age is only a number. It's not how he feels. So I'm really looking forward to big things for him next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be great to watch um, from a uh, opposition standpoint, but also for every North Adelaide fan out there. Now, I also want to touch on your midfield. Your midfield this year was as elite as there was in the competition. You obviously got Harrison Wig, Aaron Young, Andrew Moore, Campbell Coombe, the names go on. Um, and you've picked up Sam Mace. So my question is, how are you going to fit them all in? <laughs> Yeah, or well, that's a bit of a coach's nightmare there because a lot of those guys will have to they'll have to they'll have to sacrifice to play some certain roles um, within our within our structure of our team. You know, Wiggy can play a bit of wing and half back. Andrew Moore can play forward. Um, you know, Kumi's your your, your guy who's just going to be yeah your twenty twenty five thirty every week and fifteen tackles hopefully. So I'd like to think that he's going to continue on with that role, but. Now, we'd like to think that Will Coombe is going to go into it there a little bit more next year as well with Harry Elbrow. And, and so we feel like Sam Hayes gives us a different dynamic. Um, I think he was the, if you take the um, Crouch and um, O'Brien out of the Crows, um, in the ranking point, Sammy Mays out of eight games at Port Adelaide was the third highest ranking player in the SNFL last year. So to add someone of his quality um, to our group is going to be really beneficial. Um, he's actually going to be studying... Uh, a role at the footy club as well, working with our junior kids, very similar to what Bryce Gibbs does um, at South. So um, we're investing heavily um, into our junior program, which which Maisie is going to be running up. Um, he's a North Adelaide boy. He's a North Adelaide junior. Um, you know, I think everyone <laughs> in the SNFL after day two, after he was let go by Port Adelaide, sort of rang him. <laughs> um, but his heart his heart was only in one place and he, he wanted to come back to North Adelaide. So, you know, when someone of his quality um, wants to come back to your football club, you do whatever's possible to get him in. Yeah, good Port Piri boy too, I think, um, Sammy May. Sure is. Hey, you were talking yep. about uh, Jesse White just before and I just want to wheel back around to that in the sense that you seem to have tapped a bit of a market of... Uh, finding some guys coming through the amateur league who perhaps wouldn't have normally got an opportunity. Tyson Brazel, one in particular, who looked as good as any forward in the competition in the second half of the year. Unfortunately, you had to leave him out of the grand final. But uh, is there a bit of an untapped market out there, Serge, that maybe guys that, if they could just commit the time to get themselves fit enough, can really make it as a sandful footballer? Oh, 100%, mate. Brazel's a great example uh, there, Benny. Um, He... uh, 
He played at St. Peter's uh, last year. I think he kicked 65, 70 goals, won a flag for them. And then I rang him up after watching a few of his games. I thought, oh, you know, this kid's got something. He's still quite young, 23, 24. Um, he really committed himself. He's got a really... Um, uh, he, he had to find the work-life balance. He's a lawyer by trade, so mm. you know there's long hours and long, long days for him. So we had to we had to figure some stuff out around football, which is going to make his life a little bit easier for us. Which um, once, once he felt a bit more comfortable, he opened up about that, and we made it work. And um, you know, made him really work hard um, for his game. But unfortunately, we felt like the day on Grand Final day was going to be a bit wet, which is probably going to take him out of the game a little bit. And we went a bit smaller and. Um, Luckily, we did. We lost two guys, two guys before halftime to pretty significant ankle ankle injuries, which um, which hurt our forward fifty pressure. And uh, you know, we brought in um, some smaller guys to hopefully counter with the weather. But um, you know, Braz is a great example of a bit of resilience and wanting to go um, and and how you want to go about your football. Like he gets the best out of himself. You know, we picked up Harry Elbow, who um, who actually did a sim dysmosis in the first fifteen minutes of the mm. game. Um, he was playing at Williston last year with Andrew Jarman. Yeah. And um, you know, he's just an outstanding footballer who's just started out at Centrals but just, you know, fell through the cracks for whatever reason. And um, Jars promoted him to come out and do a preseason with us. And, you know, he played 15 or 16 games and um, an outstanding season. So there's guys out there. you just got to have the right people in place who are going to give you the information to recruit these guys. Another, uh, I guess, source of recruiting that you've come across as a footy club uh, via Alice Springs, I talk about Nigel Lockyer Jr. and that uh, Red Tails, Pink Tails program, which I know that uh, has uh, been, you've been able to recruit some uh, footballers into your women's program as well. Um, can you just explain a bit about that, Serge? I probably haven't done it justice. Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic program that the guys, um, uh, Clarkie and the boys run out of Alice Springs for these kids to get these opportunities to come down. But it's not just about football. It's about, you know, we... We found Nigel a job, so he felt really comfortable over here that he was going to come down and work and do all that sort of stuff, not just come here and play football. But we understand that we're not a professional football club. We're semi-professional. So, you know, these guys are going to come here with jobs. You know, that's their number one priority along with their family. And football's going to be their hobby, their passion, and something that they love doing. And um, Nigel just loves playing football. We're really thankful for the guys and the Red Tails for, you know, wanting us to be involved in their program. Uh, and we got, you know, Tyson Woods and a couple of other kids who played some reserves football this year, um, who were really young and exciting. But Nigel was a bit of the pin-up boy for the whole um, the whole program out of Alice Springs. And I know his family and everyone in that program at the Red Tails are really proud of what Nigel's done. But we've had Doreen Hanson and a few of the other girls um, playing uh, in our women's program and become premiership players. And um, now we're very thankful. It's you know, something that we're, we pride ourselves being involved in. And hopefully we can just continue to grow the program and the relationship we've got there with those guys. Now, Serge, obviously this is your third season at North Adelaide as the coach. You've made two grand finals, so obviously you had some great success in those three years and was justified with a three-year extension in July. So that will take you through to 2025. But the question I have for you is, is there AFL aspirations at coaching level if this comes up down the track? Good question, mate. Um, I think I think there is. I think I'd be kidding myself not to think that, you know, I want, I'd love to eventually get back into the AFL. But, but right now, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning my craft. I'm still understanding um, the game. Um, I'm still learning in regards to how to how to become a really good coach. Um, you know, I feel I feel like we're on the right track here. You know, we've made since myself and Joshua together um, in '18 when we started. We obviously won the flag then. Um, so you know, North Adelaide's been in a real little purple patch in regards to we played in three grand finals now in five years. 
Um, so we're really happy with how things are going, but we've got to make sure that we keep progressing the program. But I've definitely got the um, the uh, the foresight that I'd like to get back into the system. But it's got, as you know, man, it's got to be the right choice for me and my family. I'm not just going to go back in just for an opportunity because it comes uh, it comes forward. Like I want to make sure that I do the right thing by my family because that's the number one and the foremost thing that um, you know I want to make decisions on in my life. But I really love my time in North Adelaide, and it's going to have to be something really sweet to, to sort of get me out of here. Um, you know, the board from our board all the way through to our CEO and, and Daryl, you know, we're all on the same page in, in what we're trying to do here. And um, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, you know, I'd finish off this contract. I could get some more and, and hang around for a while. So I really do love the SNFL football. I love that the guys like yourself, men's, you know, go away and work, you know, nine to five and then go and train and slog yourselves for, you know, a couple of hours on the track. And I really, I really love that style. That's, um, that culture of football, you know, at, um, at SNFL level, not just at my club, but at any club. I have to uh, debate that, Jacob, because for a bloke who works full-time, he watches a lot of NBA over the course of uh, every morning, does Daniel Menzel. We're talking to Jacob Surgeon. He's the coach of the North Adelaide Football Club. It's thanks to Repco. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. It is amazing the standard of coaches in Sandful footy, Jacob. Yourself, of course, uh, the two Jades, Jared Wright at South. I've got a lot of time for Paul Thomas, Brett Hand, and then you've got Matner and God and who've both won premierships at this level. We'll see new guys, Goldsack and Adam Hartlett this year. You, you, you never come across someone that you think, geez, I've got this guy tactically. They're all elite. Oh, absolutely. No, it's a fantastic time. You know, Twig, Twig's a brilliant coach. He's actually coached, I think, as a caretaker at AFL level. So, um, you know, he's done, a, he's done a fabulous job since arriving at Nord. Jay of Sheeds at, um, at Woodville, obviously, back-to-back premiership coach there and has done an outstanding job in turning that club around from the year they had. Um, previous to that, um, so him coming in, and you know Adam Harlan and the guys will get an opportunity this year at Westies. Um, so there's lots of great coaches. Brett Hands doing a really good job down in Glenelg, and obviously Buff has um, been at South. I think he's the he's the longest serving coach in the SNFL now, uh, apart from Mickey Godden, who's been around the traps for a while. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a fantastic competition. It's a really good comfort, you know, experienced guys that come out of the AFL system and and um, throw the hat in the ring or um, for a young up-and-coming coach in Adam Harlow who's going to learn his craft and, and have a crack at his son at footy. So uh, it's a real privilege just being in, at my footy club and coaching um, here at North Adelaide and learning my own craft. But, um, yeah, you, I totally agree with you. It's a fantastic um, competition in regards to where all our coaches come from. Yeah, absolutely it is. And last one, Serge, before we let you go, obviously Jacob Bauer went in the mid-season draft. I just want to know, and for the North Adelaide fans out there, who are the potential North Adelaide draftees coming up? Yeah, well, we've got Billy Dowling, who's a, um, he's a classy inside mid. Um, he's got really good spread. He had a couple of 40 disposal games this year. Um, he, he played a lot at St. Peter's um, this year under Josh Franco, who did a great job with him, along with Craig Brooks. We've got Isaac Keeler, who's an NGA boy, for the Crows, he's a 198, 199 centimetre forward, ruck, ruck forward, whatever you want to sort of call it. Um, he's a really classy big man um, who's uh, really working on his craft. Um, he's getting a lot better from week to week. And there's a bit of a smoke in Sean Benninger, who's a, uh, he's a bit of a lad, um, can play forward or back. Um, he's, he's a really good size, um, 192, 193, really competitive kid. Um, fingers crossed that he gets an opportunity, and then in senior football, we've obviously got Frankie Zeckley who went through the draft, uh, who went through the combine the other week. He's got elite speed and is uh, probably our best game day runner. Um, and he had obviously an outstanding year for us on the wing. I think he went up in 
plus nine or ten average disposals compared to what he had last last year. So his development this year has been huge. Jacob, thank you so much for your time. It's fascinating to listen to your talk, not only about the North Adelaide Football Club, but the competition in general. Uh, the Roosters are a force under your stewardship. We look forward to seeing how you bounce back in 2023. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Jacob Surgeon there, the coach of the North Adelaide Football Club. Impressive, isn't he? I mean, I know your coach is impressive, Jade Sheedy, but my goodness, I love listening to Jacob talk. Yeah, absolutely. He, is. And he, he was very good with all those questions there. And a couple of things I love that he touched on, the security at sample level as a head coach, especially with what we've seen with the soft cap at AFL nowadays. Mm. You're almost better off staying in the role that mm. he's in and yep. that these other coaches are in because you're guaranteed that long-term contract. And you can run your own it. team. You run your own race. And you run exactly that. So that's one thing. But the other thing that I love that he touched on was Sam Mays working at the club mm. with the juniors, developing them. Bryce Gibbs does it at South Adelaide. We've had the question posed to us this this week, how do clubs um, build up a really good culture and keep players, retain players, and pay for players that are good too? Well, that's one way is you employ them at the footy club. They work with your juniors. It's one way to get some good players in, some good talent in without paying too much money. We are right at a time, my man. Thanks for your company. We will see you again tomorrow. Go Australia in the cricket tonight. What a massive game it's going to be. We'll see you tomorrow night on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91